Hey, before we get started, we just want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Church Sound Made Simple. Mixing sound seems complicated, but it doesn't have to be. Cut the overwhelm by getting access to the stress-free, no-fluff training that will help you create great sound at church. Visit churchsoundmadesimple.com. Welcome to the Collaborate Worship Podcast, where we help you create great sound at church. I'm your host, Dylan Young, and today I'm joined with Jared Richardson from Collinsville, Oklahoma, just right up the road from me. Jared is the worship leader at Discovery Church, and I've known him for quite a while now. We've worshiped together, worked together, and just built a cool friendship to focus around serving God. I'm excited to have him on the podcast this morning, but since most of you listening don't know Jared, I want you to share a little bit about yourself and your family and give me one reason that you love leading worship. (laughs) Hey, uh, it's Jared. Nice to meet all of you guys joining in. Um, I'll tell you what, there's nothing better than growing yourself and growing your church um, through collaborative learning and learning from others. And so, um, it's been a privilege of mine to learn from Dylan and his older brother, Cade, um, as we've done things together. And uh, just a little bit about me. Um, I've been a worship pastor here at Discovery for about nine years now, a little over nine years, and uh, thoroughly enjoyed every bit of every minute of it. It is my very first uh, full-time occupational you know, uh, ministry um, position. And so I really don't have anything to hold it up against other than you know, volunteer leading in church growing up and in, you know, high school and college and stuff like that. Um, I have a wife, Jamie. Uh, We've been married since uh, May of 2008. And we have a very beautiful and spunky eight-year-old daughter, Bryn Ann, and a four-year-old, very action-packed and animated son, Brecken. Um, And we, uh, we just love life and we receive life from the Lord. Um, And uh, there's a there's just always lots and lots of things going on around us, and uh, we love to just jump in and attack it. So we're we're kind of an action-packed family, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so actually, a funny story. Kate and I actually shot two different episodes with Jared. <laughs> it's like probably back in the summer. And uh, Kate lost Jared's audio files, <laughs> both of them. <laughs> insert like price is right losing sound here right <laughs> yeah and, uh, so we only had two audio interfaces with two inputs so we had to record like jared on Cade's macbook and then me and him on my macbook and Cade just like completely lost jared's files <laughs> and so i had to message jared and be like hey so those podcasts aren't going to happen we have no idea where your audio is and that's kind of the most important part of it so <laughs> here we are you know, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Jared was an awesome sport about it, and uh, he decided to do it all over again with us. And what a guy! That's all I can say. <laughs> well, you know, if you walk through life disappointed by stuff like that, you're going to have a pretty crummy life. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> all right, now that I, uh, I, th- I know we know a little bit about, or I know a little bit about your story of becoming a worship leader. But refresh me: How did your journey as worship leader begin? Yeah, so I um, picked up a guitar when I was a teenager, and uh, at first, um, I will openly admit and uh, and own the fact that I picked it up for the wrong reasons. Man, I wanted to impress the ladies and <laughs> all that jazz, you know. Um, but uh, um, also in later high school years and in my college years, um, I got involved playing the guitar at church and did some singing, and um, you know 
I just enjoy music, all genres and all sorts of things like that. And so I've always, I've always uh, been able to find myself and express emotion in music. Um, and the deeper I walked with the Lord um, through different seasons of my life, I just found myself um, losing myself in the Lord in music and really being refreshed by the words that I was singing and really connecting with God on a level that I never had before um, by singing music that had to do directly with him, either in conversation with him or in listening for his voice. Um, and that just kind of led me on this path um, you know, um, to uh, after I've wasted a year of my life at a public university where I went freedom crazy. Um, you know, that kind of led me toward a small private Christian college um, and some great relationships there and great mentorships there. Um, serving in a traveling praise and worship drama ministry that that traveled around the United States, um, you know, playing in churches and for youth groups and for camps and different things like that. And God just kind of slowly but surely drew me along that path towards worship ministry as a as a vocation um, that way. Um, man, there's some incredible relationships that helped prop me up and helped refine and hone me at least to the point where I could, um, what, what on, how shall I say, at least refined me to the point where I could uh, uh, kind of be qualified for a worship ministry vocational position. Um, but I will tell you in nine plus years of ministry so far, um, there has been nothing that has refined me more than the Holy Spirit's work in the last nine plus years of being here at Discovery. Um, just the, the mountains that I've, you know, looked up to the Lord from the top of and the valleys that I've prayed to be out of in the last nine years um, has been something that has stretched and pushed my faith. Um, and uh, I've just been so blessed to be able to receive life from the Lord in that in that uh, journey. So it is um, it's probably been a journey of about 20, a little over 20 years um, to, to be in the place that I'm at right now, which is not necessarily to say that that place is amazing or anything, but it's, it's a process and I love it. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm walking, you know, hand in hand and step in step with the Holy spirit as he just does his work in me. And I'm one of those people I feel like is blessed and fortunate you know, to be able to do this as a vocation and have the Holy Spirit refine me as I walk this out in my life. Yeah. You know, I like to think that if you're not continually being humbled as a worship leader, you're probably doing something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yes. There's, there's, there's a lot of truth in that. Yeah. All right. So I want to know, um, I want them to know, what does your worship set look like on a typical Sunday currently? All right. Currently, we are uh, um, we are at one in-person service, and we have some people joining us on Facebook Live, and also you know checking out our 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 uh, service videos on demand, um, either through Facebook Live or through our YouTube channel, or you know different things like that. So currently, um, we are uh, we we have a walk-in song that we play that kind of lets our in-person people in the building know, like, hey. 
get your fanny in a seat. We're getting ready to start, you know. Um, we actually don't broadcast our walk-in song to our online audience. Um, I want to say audience, our online crew, our congregation online, you know, however we I'll call them the crew, you know, <laughs> um, it's cool. Um, and, uh, so our online crew, we don't broadcast our walk-in song. Um, we have a countdown loop that plays for them all the way up until 9 30 AM when our Sunday morning service goes live or starts, um, you know, where we switch over to camera feed. Um, then we will, uh, we'll, uh, open with just, uh, um, you know, I welcome the people and get them on their feet and kind of give them a little bit of a charge for the morning, kind of almost like a, like an invocation or, you know, or like a call to worship, if you will. Um, and then we do, uh, two to three songs, um, and head into like a host segment and bumper video and our message. Um, and, um, uh, We've gotten back into doing responsive worship after our messages in the last couple of months, um, which has been, um, I feel like, a breath of fresh air for our for our in person um, crew. Um, but our online crew, um, you know, we're still kind of testing metrics to see, like, you know, after our message, should we, you know, cut the responsive worship for the online crew? You know, do people stick around? So far, I think people are by and large sticking around all the way to the end of the service. Um, I think we might lose maybe 10 to 15% of our online viewership um, during our responsive worship and closing segments and stuff like that. So we are, we're doing right around four songs or so on a Sunday morning. Um, just, you know, with different things and including our walk-in song that we do, um, in person, but not live online. Yeah. Imagine it probably took you a little while to figure all that out. <laughs> all that worked out. It definitely did, you know, and, and, and during, during the heavy quarantine season back from, you know, March through the end of May, pretty much, um, cause things kind of opened up for our state, um, at the beginning of June, you know, in that heavy quarantine season, we kept it pretty limited. Um, we did no walk-in song. We started the service right on time and we would do uh, a couple of songs. And then I do like a short, uh, brief moment, you know, a minute or two of scripture and exhortation and just challenging people to live their faith, even in the midst of difficulties. And, and, uh, and then we would do maybe, and then we would kind of do a song kind of like our responsive worship at the end of that, you know, opening set. And then we were done. So it's basically like three songs and done. Um, and then we, we would have a pre-recorded host video role. So we went a few weeks of doing live worship with nobody in the room, you know, our whole live service with nobody in the room um, before we made it a, made a distinct shift to record all the elements of our service and produce it in a pre-recorded video so that we had a little bit more, you know, control over the quality of it. Um, and we did that for about nine weeks out of the 12 weeks that we were virtual only. Um, and then um, I'll talk a little bit later about the host of problems that created when we came back to in-person worship. Um, <laughs> But um, so we were doing just three songs and done when we were virtual only. And then our message would happen and our host stuff would happen. And like, that was it. Um, and so it's been a, a journey for 
leading my team of people, my volunteers through all of the change and all of the adapting. And, you know, this isn't what we feel like is optimum. We feel like this would be better. So we're going to try this for a few weeks. And we just really had to kind of adopt this mindset of like, we're not afraid to fail at this as long as we fail forward. Um, and that was the, that was the biggest thing for us as we were walking through the quarantine season and, and who knows, we may end up in another quarantine virtual only season. And if that happens, that's the Lord's will. We're going to walk it out with, with joy, um, and open-handed and, uh, and, you know, take some of those lessons that we learned in the first, you know, virtual season and apply those again and try to take it, you know, even higher to the next level. Mm Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Also, I want to ask, um, what does your team look like? What, like what kind of instruments do you have? How many vocals and Mm -hmm. stuff like that? What does that look like? Um, during quarantine or now? Now. Okay. Currently, um, what we typically cruise with on a Sunday morning is, uh, one electric player, uh, one keys player, one bass player, one drummer, um, and, uh, up to three or four vocalists. Um, and then I sing lead vocals and play acoustic guitar. So, uh, we have, we have anywhere from seven to eight on the platform on a given Sunday morning. Um, and then our production team consists of one person in the video room, audio technician, uh, lyric technician running pro presenter and a lighting technician, you know, kind of going through uh, memory settings on lights. Nice. That's a good. Well-rounded team. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I'm telling you what, I'm absolutely blessed beyond measure when it comes to musicians. I have gained musicians over nine years. I have, I have, I think I only have like, and hopefully this doesn't speak to like poor leadership. I, would, I hope not, but I only have about three or four people um, that were here when I came nine years ago. And some of that's because our church has walked through a few really, really difficult seasons. And we've had a number of families leave our church. I mean, there was one difficult season about four or five years ago where I had nine members of my team walk away um, from my team and the church. And um, we've gone through a season this year um, where I've had another handful walk away pretty much all at once. Um, and so some of that's just due to, you know, natural church kind of turnover, people moving, job changes, that kind of stuff. Um, but we've definitely walked through a couple of extenuating seasons where, where, you know, some differences of opinion have happened and, and different thinking about ministry alignment and approach. Um, and so you, you, you walk through that in seasons of church leadership. And when you've been, um, you know, I think I was reading the other day that the average worship pastor sticks around a church for like anywhere from three and a half to five years. And here I am sitting here at nine and I'm like, you know, I've seen a little bit more, uh, church life than most worship pastors see in their tenure at a church. So, um, I feel pretty blessed, um, to be able to say that the Lord is, has never, we've never lacked. You know, the Lord has provided people um, for every time we've needed. That's awesome. You don't even have to be a worship leader very long to find out about all that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Losing people and people having a difference in opinion. That happened pretty quick. Yep. That's a ministry with people though, but. It is. It is. 
It's That's beautiful, good. beautiful and it's ugly beautiful. all at the same time. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> all right. Well, a journey isn't a journey without some failures and roadblocks along the way. And we've talked about a few already, but uh, you know, the truth is we all make mistakes and they seem really heavy till you realize that all worship leaders make mistakes. Mm-hmm. So Jared, share with us one good story where things just didn't go quite as planned. Oh man, you mean besides like hollering out to my congregation, I want to touch you in the middle of a song? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we need to hear that one. For those of you that don't know that song reference, go back to the 90s, you'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, aside from, you know, wrong words and, you know, project, you know, confidence projectors failing in the middle of a service and having to like, wander back to the keyboard player and check out the next lyrics on the iPad screen or something like that. Um, aside from that, there's, there's a few that came to mind, um, you know, uh, but one definitely more recent and I alluded to it earlier is uh, not adequately planning for big changes in ministry. Um, in particular, the one that I alluded to was, um, you know, going from a fully, completely pre-recorded and produced, you know, service video that we streamed live, um, you know, um, n- not planning from going to that back to live in-person worship um, with an online crew joining us um, and all the technical things that have to be considered and the um, the training that was needed for volunteers um, to effectively make that take that step um, is probably the biggest one that I've had lately. Um, June was not a fun month for me. <laughs> we came we came back to in person worship on the first Sunday in June here in 2020, and um, that first Sunday we had lots of audio video drift. We had um, uh, our, our stream buffered a whole bunch during our worship set because we had some technical things that had not been addressed while we were in lockdown. And um, plus, we had, we had taken a lot of steps forward in the quality of our online production of our service. Um, and we realized, well, shoot we can't go back to the way that it was because the way that it was before was basically just a glorified recording. Like we're basically like, eh, we pretty much record our service and yeah, we throw it out on Facebook, but we weren't really paying attention a whole lot to what it sounded like and you know, what the, um, what the host experience was like and different things. It changed the language of how we talk from the stage as, um, as a team, Um, In terms of, you know, we've even started working into the habit of getting out of saying like, good morning, because people might be joining us on Thursday night after work, you know? Um, And so like, you know, switching from, you know, good morning, it's great to see you this morning to like, hey, it's a great day to be at Discovery. We just want to invite you into the presence of the Lord. We hope that you have an encounter with him today, not this morning you know, face to face. And, you know, so that was some of the stuff with us as a staff team. Um, But also just, like I said, all the technical stuff 
of like coordinating, okay, when does the stream start and what does the stream start with? And, you know, the person running the video booth, like if the countdown gets over and we're not doing anything live yet, you know, still switch to live cameras in the room until we get going again. Or like if we, um, if you by chance get the stream started like a minute late and you got a 10 minute countdown, you're going through, you know, when you, when you hear me start talking and welcoming people into the room for the day, switch to live immediately, no matter what. And just coordinating some of those details. It's also like we were pre-producing our host videos. Um, and, um, we were, I was doing those with this, you know, really nice 4k Sony a 6,500 and we don't have this quality of camera in our worship center. So, um, taking a step down in video quality has been another thing that coming back in person has been a little bit of a piece of gravel in our craw. Um, it's also created that it's caused some of those issues with our audio video drift um, that we're still trying to work with um, an audio company to resolve. So just a whole, a whole slew of things that I felt like as I looked back, the reason why I felt like it was a fail was because I felt like I had 12 weeks of virtual only services to plan for what reentry looked like and to train volunteers for what reentry looked like. Um, you know, maybe I'm off the hook a little bit just because of how different it was and how adaptable we had to be to go virtual only in a hundred plus year old church that's never done virtual only before, you know? Um, but at the same time, like, I think there was probably a lot of people that felt like that was a season of a little bit of failure, a little bit of trial and error and stuff like that. Um, so I want to get into a fail that I experienced also back at the beginning of quarantine season um, that was more of a relational fail. We all have teams of volunteers that we lead. Some of us lead, you know, a team of paid musicians. Um, some of us are part-time and, you know, and are barely, barely feel like we're qualified to lead those people that provide, um, worship and music and praising our God through song each week. Um, I'm blessed to be on a team that has incredible musicianship. Um, but every single one of my teammates, team members is volunteer. Um, and, uh, I also have a, uh, worship ministry leadership team within my ministry that kind of helps me keep tabs on in our, you know, our, uh, our team health and morale, as well as helps me plan events for the team. And um, they're just a great, a phenomenal, like group of people that helps me oversee the ministry um, and provides so much needed perspective and stuff like that. Um, but I had a Zoom call with my leadership team um, as we were in the process of going virtual only. And um, I'm kind of a direct person. Um, I don't really beat around the bush very much. And, um, you know, part of that's because I don't want anything that I say to be twisted into a lie or something that wasn't said well or anything like that. But sometimes that gets me into trouble <laughs> because I can be a little bit more flippant with things um, than maybe I ought to be. 
Um, and I remember a conversation with my leadership team back at the beginning of the quarantine season where, um, you know, we were still kind of finding out all there was to find out about the coronavirus and the effect that it was going to have. And one of my worship um, ministry team leaders um, had some family members that are in the medical field. And their family members had already been sharing with them some of the horror that they'd been seeing from effects of the coronavirus and coworkers being overworked and ICUs being slammed and um, and even younger coworkers that were completely healthy dying from the coronavirus. And um, I wasn't completely watching what I was saying, um, but... I was pretty flippant about the fact that, you know, um, there's going to be, there's going to be a pretty good number of people that are going to go home to be with the Lord unexpectedly in this process. And, um, the, the tone with which I said it, um, was fairly matter of fact, and I didn't really give a whole lot of emotional awareness to that situation. Um, because I knew that this team member and uh, one other one other of my team members, had, you know, had some friends and family in the medical field. And shoot, I've got friends and family in the medical field. Um, and uh, I didn't take the care in that moment that I needed to in order to um, communicate that, you know, those home goings to the, you know, to glory to the Lord for these people um, I wasn't celebrating that or trying to be flippant about that, but that's the way that it came across. Um, and, um, it wasn't probably until about three or four weeks later that, um, this team member's husband, you know, um, talked to me, um, about something completely unrelated. And he said, Hey, by the way, I just want to check in with you about something, you know, that, um, is troubling my wife's heart. And um, he was very gracious about how he laid it out and it uh, freed me up to be able to call her and apologize um, and um, to kind of right that wrong a little bit, if you will. Um, But it just, it re-illustrated to me or reinforced to me how absolutely um, aware we have to be as worship pastors, worship leaders um, of the emotions of the people, not only in the room when we're leading, um, but on our teams, when we're having conversations, you know, um, when we're having like almost like parking lot conversations, you know, after rehearsal, everybody kind of just catches up a little bit before rehearsal, everybody kind of catches up a little bit. And it just reinforced to me how aware we need to be in those moments about where people are at, what they're dealing with. And especially, you know, in these days where we're dealing with something as a human society that that hasn't been dealt with um, in hundreds of years with a global pandemic and honestly is being handled by governments and leaderships around the world in a different way than it's ever been handled before. Um, And, uh, there's a level of emotional awareness that I think we all could gain and benefit and learn from um, in this situation um, to just be more open-handed and gracious um, and um, 
a little bit more compassionate in our tone and in our choice of words and things like that, because that situation, I mean, it, that relationship has been mended for sure. Um, but I much would have rather not ever gone there in that relationship to begin with, you know, Mm -hmm. that's just something that's hard in general for men too, you know? Oh yeah. Men have a really hard time with that. (laughs) And I would, I would actually consider probably you and I to actually be a little bit more on the sensitive side of most men, like, you know, fairly in touch with our emotions. Um, and I think the Lord's just done that in you and I, um, and so, but I completely agree with you, um, for, for men, we can just be, we can be so task focused and so like bing, 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 you know, kind of, it just, sometimes that emotional awareness evades us, um, or, you know, or we, we take it off and compartmentalize it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, my, my wife, she's, she's pretty like emotional and in touch with her emotions and how much that has helped me like be sensitive to other people's feelings. I can't even express, <laughs> you oh, yeah. know, like just trying to like steward her emotions. Well, has helped me in so many other relationships. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. That was definitely something I needed in my life. <laughs> you know, that's part of the reason why God brings those ladies along for us. I'll tell you that yeah, for real, by the way, congratulations. I haven't spoke to you on the <laughs> phone or, you know, at all since you've been married. So yeah. Congratulations Thank you. on that. Thank you. Let's see. It's been three or four weeks now. Yeah. Yeah. Been a little while. You are all the way deep into the learning process. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> all right. So I want to know, is there anything that you've tried to do practically to just be more emotionally aware as a worship leader? Yeah. You know, um, for me, I've kind of had to get back to the, this doesn't feel like emotional, but get back to the nuts and bolts, like the foundations of my faith, like what, what drew me to the Lord Um, and to kind of sift through that um, and get back in touch with like, like his, his spirit and his passion and his compassion. And, um, you know, part of the, Part of the way that I came to the Lord and found a lot of refreshment early on um, was in Psalms and Proverbs. Um, And so diving back into the scriptures, into those particular books, um, has been absolutely transformational. Um, And I say that because, you know, um, people that just kind of sift through this or like um, just kind of jump into the scriptures and kind of glance over a lot of things. Um, they don't really get to know the heart of David um, very deeply. Um, and unless you're willing to spend some pretty significant time in the Psalms, you don't really get to know the heart of David. And as a person, like one of the only people that, that you know, God definitively said, you know, this is a man after my own heart. Um, as one of those people um, that we have scriptural record of, I want to know that man's heart and diving into the Psalms and chasing after the heart of David, when he clearly is one of those people in scripture that God has said, you know, he has a heart that is modeled after mine um, has been phenomenal. I mean, David, he wasn't above voicing frustration. He wasn't above um, voicing hurt. He wasn't above, um, 
you know, asking God, where are you in this? Because I'm not seeing you. But the thing about David was that he always had this posture about him of open-handedness and open-heartedness um, to be able to understand when it was when and in what context it was appropriate to speak in the ways that he was speaking. Um, and, um, and he was used by God in some instances to speak things that were not easy to hear to people, but, um, but I, he always postured himself in a way that it could be received. And that's been probably the biggest lesson for me that I've picked up in, in going back and diving into some of the songs. And some of that I've done in, in, in song fashion, you know, um, for those that aren't aware, um, there's an artist out there, you know, one of my favorites called Shane and Shane, and they have two Psalms albums that are absolutely dynamic. Um, and those are good. I, I absolutely, and if you subscribe to the worshipinitiative.com, you can actually go in there and um, watch about eight or nine videos that they recorded with um, modern day theologian author um, John Piper. Um, about some of the Psalms that they view on their albums, but also just a few other ones. And they call them like coffee cup Psalms, basically, you know, the Psalms you enjoy with a friend over a cup of coffee. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I would say that that's probably been the piece that's been the most refreshing for me. And it's, that's caused me to grow um, in a season where I really needed to grow. Yeah. Wow, a practical uh, step reading the Bible. Who would have guessed? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Where's my that was easy button? That was easy. <laughs> no, that's really good. I think that we forget about the Psalms in that aspect. You know, he, David was a pretty uh, emotionally aware fellow. Mm-hmm. Yes, and you, you understand that pretty quickly reading those. So that's good. Okay. Do you have any more encouragement that you would give to somebody that might be like in the same boat as you? Maybe they've said some things to one of their team members that wasn't the best, or maybe mm. they're just not good at communication in general. Mm. Man. Um, don't shy away from having hard conversations. Um, they need to happen. They are essential um, to unity in the church and they are essential to your personal growth in your faith walk and the personal growth in the faith walk of the other party. Um, and so you need to have those um, and find whatever healthy way is necessary to have those. If you need to have your lead pastor sit down with you and have those conversations, you need to have a, a family pastor sit down with you and have those conversations. If you need to have those conversations in public, if you need to have those conversations in private, um, figure out the context that they can happen in and happen in a healthy way and have them. Don't shy away from them um, because it is going to hurt you and it's going to hurt the other person. And ultimately it's going to hurt the church um, in the long run. And, uh, and so don't shy away from those conversations. Be honest, but be emotionally aware, honest. <laughs> um, you know, there's a way to say things that, um, that hurts people just by the tone and the words that you use. And I'm one of those people that I really like literary things really jazz me. So like the use of vocabulary and the use of words and phrasing and, you know, using proper grammar and different things like that. Like I just geek out over that. 
And, but sometimes that gets me in trouble because I can use my words very efficiently and effectively and, and it can cut people deep. Um, so be conscious of the words, the tone, all those things. Um, and, and really, um, really go before Jesus and say, Jesus, how would you want to have this conversation come across? And how would you talk to this person? Um, and if you model it after Jesus, I think you can't go wrong. Yeah. You know, I would say that there's definitely some situations where people are just going to get upset because mm-hmm. people are people and Jesus yeah, upset yeah. people. Yes, he did. And, and so you can't really be afraid of that. I mean, that's a pretty scary thing. I think that's what keeps us from having a lot of those hard conversations. Yes. But keeping from having those is such like a short term um, I guess benefit on your part, but you're not playing the long game in that way. Like you said, no. so that's good. No, that's good stuff, Jared. Well, I think we, uh, we hit all my questions. So we're good. Um, thanks for sharing your story with us. I know it's going to empower somebody listening. If you don't mind, I just want to end the podcast by saying a little prayer for those worship leaders that are listening. Oh, that sounds awesome. And so I can start us out and then you can follow and we'll close it out after that. You bet. Well, Lord, I just thank you for uh, just helping us with our communication and our emotional connection. Yes. God, help us to not be emotional creatures that are just so driven by our emotions, but that we just are aware of them and that we understand that you created them and you have a purpose for those emotions that are inside of us and Mm -hmm. just help us to, to be led by your Holy Spirit that's speaking on the inside of us and to just be sensitive to people's feelings and um, to also not be afraid to, to hurt their feelings if that's what's necessary, but we're just going to be led by you in that aspect. Mm-hmm. And you, you know what people need, and we need to just take your lead on that. And so, God, I just thank you that if there's any worship leader that's having trouble with a team member where they've said the wrong thing or um, they're just having a hard time having that hard conversation, that you would just lead and guide them, give them the boldness, and give them the words to say and heal that relationship. And we just yes, thank you Lord. for it, Lord. You bet. Well, Father, I echo the prayer, my brother, and I just um, uh, I extend my heart out to all of the all the friends here joining us that um, um, are full time, part time, volunteer only um, leaders in the church and leading music in particular. Um, and I just simply pray a blessing over them. I pray that you would give them courage and boldness um, to jump into your word, to speak the truth of your word. Um, to proclaim the truth of your word and song um, and to plan and lead in such a way that brings you honor and glory first, rather than um, reinforcing our own human structures and human glory here on earth, Lord. Um, I thank you for them. The position that they are in is not an easy one. It's not an easy one to walk out. It's not an easy one um, to, to live out authentically. Um, and I pray that you would um, just give them boldness. Um, to press into you um, and to do their work um, in a way that brings you honor and glory, Lord. Um, I pray that as they approach difficult situations, um, that your Holy Spirit would be loud and clear in their ear um, of how they're to handle it um, and the compassion and awareness that they are to approach their fellow teammates with. Um, and, uh, And as they also experience um, moments of fail, just like I have, um, that you would give them the courage and boldness to know that those moments aren't to be hidden, 
Um, those moments, um, while we may not want to celebrate them, at some point, um, those moments are going to come in handy as we are friends with each other, as we mentor each other, and as we encourage and spur one another on in our faith journey and in our leadership journey. We love you, and we are incredibly grateful that you are our Father, you hear our prayers, um, and uh, that you answer and you walk this craziness out with us. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. Well, as always, thanks for joining with us. We need your help to get this podcast out to everyone who needs it. So please leave us a rating and a review on whatever platform you're using. And don't forget to subscribe so we can let you know when the next podcast comes out. And if you have a story to share, let me know by shooting me an email at dylan at collaborateworship.com. And we would love to have you on. Um, And then just go implement what you've learned in this podcast. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you.